0: Welcome to Songwriter Trists, an intimate podcast that interviews artists about the art of songwriting and find out more about the life behind the songs. I'm singer songwriter Ray Lee, your host for this show. Music saved my life, and I want to talk to other songwriters about the power of songwriting, talk about their journey and how they got to where they are today. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons, and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. For more information on this podcast and the guests, visit songwritertrysts.com. Welcome to A Songwriter Tryst with Brie Taylor all the way from Canada. How are you doing? I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. This is um unexpected. I'm so glad that we've been able to connect uh, on opposite yeah. sides of the world and talk country music.
1: I know that's amazing. I love that this this technology in this day and age. We're able to connect with people everywhere and it's so cool to connect with people from across the the world. I love it,
0: yeah, like do you know what I've connected with so many people from all over the world, and if we hadn't have gone into this crazy new world paradigm that we have stepped into. That just never would have happened for me, I don't think, it, not for a long time, you know, until I was actually yeah. planning on touring to places like Canada and US and UK. Um, right. Yeah, there would have been no reason for it, so it's cool. And so you're a singer-songwriter and you're also a podcast host yourself. You have a podcast called?
1: Unapologetically Brie.
0: Unapologetically Brie. Yeah. Un- uh, unspeakable. It's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what's that one about? Um,
1: yeah, so my, my podcast is pretty widespread, just kind of much as I am as well in terms mm-hmm. of my interests. And it's it started out as a place to kind of gripe and vent about my terrible dating experiences. And then it kind of expanded into, you know, uh, I'm very into spirituality and positive living and manifestations, the laws of attraction. I talk a lot about mental health and my personal journey to help others. So it's really expanded. And then I've also done a very cool interview format with with a lot of my musician friends um, oh. where we talk about, you know, all things from their personal relationships into their songs and their stories and things like that too. So yeah, it just kind of took on a life of its own and I like it that way. I don't, I don't really want to, I don't like being put in a box even with music necessarily with like genre even. So, you oh, know, oh it's, yeah, any topics um, on the board <laughs> and it's unfiltered. So that's kind of the way that I've run unapologetically free and I'm excited to kind of do a relaunch this year for that as well.
0: Nice. I think if yeah. you're a real artist, um, then like everyone, every other artist, you hate that question of what genre are you And Like,
1: <laughs> uh, I know. <laughs> yeah, especially because like nowadays in country music specifically, you can add in so many different elements of other genres, yeah. which I typically like to do as well. So it's not. I don't really like being put in yeah. a box, and I don't want to be the typical country girl either. Yeah. I really much. Built my brand on being different than every typical country type girl. I'm not the typical mm-hmm. image at all, or branding at all. So
0: I'm good yeah, with that. I'm like I'm like the Ray Lee genre, okay? But <laughs> but there's like <laughs> exactly. There's no Ray Lee tick box when you go to Spotify and you're uploading a song, and they're like, "What genre are you?" And you're like, "Ah, oh, <laughs> I just have to pick one." Like. <laughs> I
1: know it's tough. And it's great that you can have subgenres now too, though. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's it's good to like let people know what you might sound like, but then let them also make it up, make up their own minds as well. So, um, I want to. I'm For interested sure. in hearing more about your story because I feel like everything you say is like, oh, I can relate to that. I feel like that's like I could have said exactly the same thing about everything you've just said. So I start my podcast by getting you as the artist in your own words. Please introduce yourself and tell us who are you and where do you come from?
1: Okay. Well, my name is Bree Taylor. I'm from the Toronto area in Ontario, Canada, and I am typically put in the country music genre, but I've also started out my career in, as a pop artist. So my music is very country pop with some elements of rock and roll, nice. and I'm very unapologetically myself. So that's where I got the name for my podcast.
0: Yes. I love it. Very cool. And so yeah. when did songwriting start for you? Tell us about your musical journey.
1: Well, songwriting has been I well first I will go real back to literally my birth story because I was born to a mixtape <laughs> in the delivery room and I have that tape. My dad has uh, since gifted that to me. It's on a little little cassette tape that I can't play it obviously, yeah. but there was a lot of uh, a lot of James Taylor on it, and so that's one of the reasons I got my middle name, which is now my my stage name Taylor. Yeah. Um, so yeah, James Taylor was playing, and I just truly believe that that kind of made me born to be a musician and an artist and a songwriter and I've I feel like it's in my blood so I've been writing since I could start like I was always a very creative yeah. kid and always looking for different things and I started writing you know poems and like little stories and lyrics here and there and I didn't really like I think I was in grade five when I started my first girl band and I was trying Yay. to like make that you happen like Spice Girls? <laughs> like, how old are you, you, um, you I'm 29,
0: 29. yeah yeah, so you, 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 yeah. I grew up. You grew up Spice the Spice Girls. Girls, yeah. I I did the same thing oh, yeah. in primary school. It was the Spice Girls band all the way. Right?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's like you want like you just want to like do have the girl girl gang vibes yeah. or just a whole thing, and you just want to recreate that. So it was a popular That's thing, cool. and I also was obsessed with Hilary Duff growing yeah. up. So I like really was influenced by her too. Absolutely.
0: And um, did you have one of those cassette like microphone toy things that you could like walk around with and place? tapes and and have like a little microphone on the side and sing along too yeah.
1: Oh yeah that and my CD walkman came with me everywhere
0: Oh, gosh sounds taking me back was
1: awesome. <laughs> I know it's like flashbacks I'm like wow remember cassette tapes and walkmans like we were our age is showing isn't it
0: <laughs> Oh I feel so old well. I <laughs> I think I love one it of My first cassette tapes that I bought was Spice Girls and of course Backstreet Boys Uh in the yes UK. yeah <laughs> do you, do you yeah. remember what the first one was um
1: the britney spears oops i did it yeah. again album yes yeah that was the first one i paid
0: for myself oh wow i think i i think yeah. my first cd was shakira whenever whenever women meant to, you know that one <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, I grew up in that that era yeah. too. Yeah, that was a popular I, one. Yeah. I wasn't like a huge fan, but I liked that song. Yeah, for no, sure.
0: I mean, someone gave that to me for my birthday, I remember, but it was a single CD. And so it literally had like the one song on it, but there was like a remix on it as well. And so it would just play over and over and over again until you turned it, <laughs> until you changed the CD. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh,
1: that's so cool. I love that that kind of stuff is coming back too. Like it's becoming popular to really like girl bands and boy bands and they kind of had their little, you know, reunion tours before all of this obviously hit and they were still touring yeah. and even like vinyl coming back. I love yeah. it.
0: Oh, I would, I would love to have a girl band. I don't know if that's really cheesy, but I don't know, just the idea of girl power and... <laughs> It, it actually, yeah. you know what, it was really inspirational being so young and seeing women work together, dancing and singing, when I don't actually think there's that many influences in the world where that works, <laughs> I don't, women working together. Uh, <laughs> yeah
1: i know it's unfortunate that like women are pit against each other especially in music and entertainment Mm -hmm. because i feel like women are so powerful when we come together and it's just amazing what that's why they're
0: trying to pull us down and separate us that's my conspiracy theory anyway isn't it (laughs) but i think so so too too. when we come (laughs) together so
1: I, know, I don't know if you've heard of Marin Morris's girl band. It's called The High Women and oh. there's like four women in there, including herself, I believe. Um, and they, it's like, you know, she has her, her personal career and then she's got this little side girl group That's thing. Cool. And I think she they've got some great music and I think that's awesome. And I mean, I'm at least here in Ontario and in Canada, I know that I have connected with a a ton of amazing and talented women in the country music genre, and we are all very supportive of one another, but there's always that underlying bit of, I think competitiveness because you always wonder, do they actually fully support me? Mm -hmm. Like, do you, like you question it because there's like, you know, there's not as many women, especially in country that are really doing well or as promoted as the men. So it's always a men versus women thing, especially in jo- in genres of per country, specifically, I find. Um, I don't know if you've encountered that in your chats with people as well. Or oh,
0: I definitely see that there is an element of competitiveness um, in the industry and people will remind you of that on a regular basis when you say, oh, you're a musician, yeah. oh, that's competitive. But um, as an artist, I don't see art as competitive. I want to lift everyone up around me and do, do my do yeah. thing um, unapologetically, just as yourself. Um and and that things is not competitive. Art is in general is not competitive. What is competitive is the business side of things. So you know, getting the most sales or getting the most streams and that sort of stuff. I guess is competitive. Um and then I think as as females, our you know looks comes into being competitive. Like who's skinnier or who's blonder or who's you know got Uh. and. (laughs) he has got the sexiest lips you know or whatever it is and like that oh god (laughs) it's really really sad but it it does come down to that um still and yeah there is a big inequality around like a guy in the country industry could literally wear the same thing for 30 years and be a superstar (laughs) and yet us women are expected to wear different outfits every single show (laughs) 100%
1: a hundred percent agree with you. I talk about that yeah. all the time because it's true. Like the guys, especially like everywhere, I don't know a single guy who actually gives a crap about what he looks mm. like when he gets on stage. Like, like they go up there in a t-shirt with beer and a baseball cap, and they're just like, "Yeah, we're good." And then we put hours into our look and our makeup and our hair, and we like we get criticized we even ten times harder than we do. Yeah, we yes. Uh.
0: Yeah. So yes. it, it is really unfair and honestly I don't know I think it's like I put it in a too hard basket and I I um I've never been a big fashion person like my partner is my stylist so he will dress me and I I oh. love that because it takes the <laughs> thought out of it and I don't even have to worry about it and I'm not I'm I don't really care what people think about what I wear but what I do care about is like say for instance you and I we both talk about really important topics and we like to connect with people yeah and there is like a third they, I think they say a third of the population are really limited by what they see. And, it's, and fashion and, right. and makeup is such an important thing. And if, if it's not good or, or made to make someone else feel comfortable, they just can't connect to what you're saying or what you're singing about. And so I understand that for me, dressing up and you know doing nice music videos and having nice makeup is all about allowing those people who find it really important to be able to connect to what I'm saying and connect to the, the messages of what's going on. And not be distracted or sidetracked by the fact that I'm not wearing good makeup or my fashion's terrible or do you know what I mean?
1: It's just, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? It's as long as you're being authentically yourself, that's all I try to really preach to my followers and fans because you like, uh, like we don't always wear makeup every day, especially during all this. I've worn less makeup than I ever have. And, you know, I love makeup. I grew up and was obsessed with makeup as a teen and really got into it. And I've been a self-taught makeup artist and I've done freelance work Mm -hmm. and I really love it and it's fun. But yeah, uh, realistically on a daily basis, like I could care less about putting Makeup on, mm. and you know what? If you're, if that's what you love, and if that's your authentic image, like look at Alessia Cara. I don't know if you're familiar mm. with her. Um, she's an artist from Tor- the Toronto area, and she's she's in the pop genre. Mm. But she's made her whole brand about her fresh face, and she doesn't. It's actually weird when you see her with makeup on. <laughs> to be honest,
0: it is. It changes someone so much depending on the the makeup and the look. I um, th- there is yeah. a reason that I I didn't go with a video podcast because. the the extra pressure of having to put makeup on every time I had a conversation with someone. I don't want to have to worry about that. Um, But yeah, authentically me is probably just a nudist who likes to sit around at home playing acoustic guitar and (laughs) drinking. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So, and run yeah. with that that's <laughs> awesome
1: that's you and that, if that's you i find that that's where people will connect with you more and you'll find the right fans yeah. that are meant for you that love you for you and follow you because regardless like because they love the music mm. it doesn't matter what you look like or how you dress and the wardrobe and all of that like it's it's more about the music and who you are as a person and they'll connect with that and support that so i i, I don't really i try not to worry about what other people think either
0: mm. in that way you know as long
1: as like you're doing your thing and you feel good about yourself and what you're putting out there, I feel like that's all that should matter. Yeah.
0: yeah my grandma used to tell me that um, being a lady, the job of being a lady, because she kind of came from an upper class oh. family, is to okay. um, make the everyone else in the room should feel comfortable. Like that is the, the, okay. the good host or hostess. And I was like, well, if I want to make people feel comfortable, there's certain things that... You can, like, there are certain things that we can do to make other people feel comfortable. And um, I think that that's a really nice thing, like, a nice gesture. You don't have to be nice to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Making people feel like they're home, you know, is is a nice thing. I like that. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, that's so nice. So I'm going to ask you about the decision that you made coming into this industry as an artist was there a clear, clear mm-hmm. moment for you that tugged your heartstrings and was like the moment where you realized that you wanted to be a songwriter and share your songs)
1: Well, I mean, I think there was a moment I always wanted to do this, but I was bullied so badly all through school. And I really struggled with self-confidence and self-love my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I had all these limitations on myself, like I can't do this. Or I always had this idea of I'll be better when I lose more weight, or I'll look like this, or if I can be like that, or like this person. Mm -hmm. And at a young age, that was my, my brain like was wired like that, the comparison and the image and everything. But yet I didn't just focus on the fact that, you know, you can do this no matter what, like, I, I just didn't have mm-hmm. that. So it, the moment that really turned things around for me was I was in uh, one of my family cottages, one of my aunts were we were, they were chatting to my parents and I was in another room singing. And, you know, you, you're a kid, you think, oh, the door's closed. Nobody can hear me. Well, I have a pretty belty voice, so they definitely heard me and I didn't realize. And then I over hear them saying like, Oh, she's really good. And my aunt's like, you know, she's awesome. You should put her in singing lessons and really like, like, you know, facilitate that for her and, and, and help her pursue it. And, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like cultivate that, that yeah. Encourage. Thank you. Yeah. And encourage that. And so when I heard somebody believing in me, even though it was my aunt and no one, like my family's all been very supportive, but hearing that made me, it put a spark inside me like, yeah, maybe I can do this. And then from then on, it was kind of a pursuing that, but I still delayed it for many, many years into my early twenties, because again, that mentality and that self-love and confidence was a huge factor. And I kept being my own worst enemy. And I think a few years ago, I was like 2016 is I when I released my first ever single of original music. And um, before that, I, I just had a lot of amazing people around me supporting me and and telling me that I can do this. And I just stopped limiting my, my beliefs. And I, I, that's why I'm such a big believer in like the laws of attraction and positive thinking mm-hmm. and all of that, because I really have lived both spectrums of like a negative mindset to a positive mindset. Yeah. And I've seen myself manifest things into my life that... Way and it's been so beautiful.
0: Amazing. Well, you manifested this podcast, in yeah. Time, so that was good. A
1: hundred percent, totally did.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm curious if you've done much work around identifying what it was for you that really, like you said, you were bullied, and you know mm-hmm. you really struggle with self love and, and your own worst critic. And I can fully relate to everything you're saying. Have you done much work around identifying what it was for you that? was making it hard for you and and struggling to believe and have that self-worth to pursue what you were good at?
1: Oh yeah. i so said the core belief that I always had was that I was never good enough. And I know most artists can probably relate to that. And I just feel like the bullying made me feel like that. They always said, you're not a good, you're not a good singer. This person's better than you. And like my peers didn't support mm-hmm. it. They'd make fun of me, not only my body image, but my music and my singing. And, you know, and I've, I actually like since then years later down the road, I had a lot of those girls that bullied me come to me and actually just tell me they were jealous of yeah. me and their, they're apologizing for what they did, so it's terrible how cruel children can be and it's why I'm a huge advocate for mental health and anti-bullying mm-hmm. um just based on my journey but I feel like a lot of us creatives are picked on or go through these moments in life and it, it is character building though ultimately I do not have any regrets
0: I think I like what you just said and that um they were jealous of you and then that that's an insight that you found later on in life. I do think that yeah as a creative person, if you're able to connect to that when you're young and you're in high school or primary school, um, that is going to give you a sense of confidence of who you are as a person and young people don't always have that um, that connection to who they are, and if they see it in someone else, it is going to make them feel really insecure and usually insecurities will come out in the in the way of bullying or you know backstabbing and things like that um, so it's a good thing to be aware of. As an artist, um, especially if people listening to this are young and in high school or primary school and yeah going through that as a young person is unique and it's a gift but it's going to be threatening to people who mm-hmm. who haven't got that it's going to scare them because it ma- it'll make them feel bad about it oh themselves. for sure yeah <laughs> and that's yeah. well, about. I, I
1: totally th- Yeah. And I totally felt like when I was younger, I was this bubbly, energetic, outgoing kid. And the more I was like that, I found like, that's when people, I was super nice. Like whenever there'd be a new kid in school, I'd befriend them, welcome, come here, let me get to know you. Here's my friends. Like, and I was so nice and welcoming. And that's when they would, they'd, they'd be my friend at first. And then uh, this is when this would change. And then they'd, they try to turn people against me. They'd start bullying me themselves. And it was, I, I just, it, it ended up what it did. was, it dimmed my light and it made me feel like I shouldn't be this bubbly outgoing, well welcoming person. And I, I retreated and I became very isolated. And that's when I got into this really bad depression as a child. And it just made me feel like I can't be who I am. And I felt like I was almost like stifled, like, don't, be outspoken, like, don't speak your mind. Whereas I was, I was naturally that child, but it was like some, all this external life circumstances kind of changed who I was. And it's taken me years to reverse all that conditioning from childhood yeah. and to allow myself to just really accept who I am and love myself and be that person again.
0: And self-compassion is so essential to this job. And it-
1: Oh, for sure. Oh my gosh. We need to love
0: ourselves so much. (laughs) Uh, Self-love is like pretty much everything that I've been working on in the last year. And it it took me to be able to love myself to be able to release music as well. And it's, um, it sounds like such a simple thing, but it's just, it's not done. We just, we don't have a very self-loving society or world. Like I don't even get why, like, why would it be a bad thing to love yourself? So
1: like well I I have a theory on that actually going, that sure. you bring that up because <laughs> I truly I totally agree with everything you're saying because it really does come down to society and how it's conditioning the youth even still to this day. And like, it's making children grow up constantly feeling like they're not good enough. And I believe that they do that because of, you know, like advertising yeah. and sales and the way that society, yeah, it's run based on the consumerism. And if they don't make us feel like we're unworthy or not good enough, then, Oh, we won't buy that diet plan. We won't buy that beauty product. We won't buy that makeup because we won't need it. Cause we just love ourselves as we oh. are. And, but I do think there's a shift happening. I really, truly believe that there is a huge movement that's coming. And has been for years, and it's getting bigger and bigger. Of us really coming into our own and starting to really shift that.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I I think it's the, uh, and that's especially with women. um, That is like we're we're probably the biggest market for the advertising, especially in the fashion and makeup world. And you you, you just cannot sell makeup and fashion without the need to compare and be insecure. (laughs) And yeah, it's um, it's such a Conglomerate of yeah conspiracy, but I completely agree, and I think that there is a big yeah a big problem in that side of the world yeah um, it's it 's one thing to be able to express yourself through fashion and the way that we dress and the way mm-hmm. we look and and that is completely like I love that I love it when people are just wanting to express themselves and I, I think I approach fashion and, and the way I look in that way, but it, it does it jumps from. Being able to express yourself and and your look to having to try and keep up with the weekly fashion changes that happen, you know, and trying to keep up with trying to be like someone else. And that is, I think, you know, the challenge, like keeping up with the Kardashians. (laughs)
1: oh my god I was just gonna say that and the, the power of celebrity because like especially us being in entertainment yes. eventually like as you grow of course there comes fame and celebrity as you get more popular and whatever I mean it's obviously none of us do that or hopefully we don't do it for that yeah. reason I know yeah. I don't I don't feel like yeah. you do You both, we both seem pretty authentic in like our art and what we our passions of why we do this but there are obviously people that just are chasing fame but regardless that power of celebrity it's like the and being just an influencer like nowadays with YouTube and Instagram and like the influencer life, like I can tell when something's not authentic and they're pushing a product in their story or their post mm. and, you know, that's why I try to remain authentic and genuine. I know I never associate or endorse anything like unless I truly 100% believe in the product and the brand and the company and that's how I've always ran my YouTube back in my YouTube days when I was like more in the beauty world yeah. there and that's one of the reasons I left it to be honest is because I don't like that pressure on other people and the consumerism. And all of that because it needs
0: to be authentic. Yeah. I, I was in sales for like eight years. It was like my full time job before I retired and became an artist. Okay. <laughs> and I, yeah, there's a certain level of sales that I loved because I was in advertising and marketing. And I loved helping business people do more of what they loved. You know, it's like, all right, you're, you're, right. you're a painter, you want to paint more houses let me show you how we can get you in front of more people that want their houses painted. And I, I love doing that. But then there was like that pressure from the company and, you know, mm. and then they would t- teach us to sell something that then later on would like not do what they told us it was going to do for the client. And then I'd feel guilty because I sold it to that person with, you know, yeah, like my reputation was on the run because the company was being, you know, inauthentic and unethical, in my opinion, because <laughs> I didn't think it was really right. integral of like what they did. And so like that was that was what kind of killed it for me. And um, it was sad because i really enjoyed working with people and I really felt like I was helping them in their businesses. But I just couldn't yeah. do it with that company and those products anymore, um, which was sad. But yeah, I, I agree. Like I think it's a good thing to do though. Like I think it's good for everyone to be in sales for at least... A small period of time, because you learn so much about the world in that industry.
1: You (laughs) do. And about people yeah. like customer service and sales. Like I worked retail through high school yeah. and my college years. I wish I got into serving earlier. Cause I've been, that's what I've been doing with my side hustle for music for the last uh, almost two years yeah. now. But um, I, yeah. I definitely did the retail sales world. And like, there are certain companies I've worked for that are way more pushy mm. with your sales quotas. And this, like I worked at a lingerie company, for example, mm. for a few years and they have like the bra of the month. And I'm like, Okay. Well, but this bra isn't for everybody. It's like a double push-up. What if she's big boobs and we're not like, she doesn't need yeah. that. Like, I don't want to push a bra on someone they don't need. You know what I mean? So like there's different areas too. Like they, the sale, whether it's cold calling or advertising yeah. or marketing, there's different ways, but I do believe you are right that especially customer service jobs, they do teach you a lot about people, about yourself, patience. Um, but yeah, this, the sales part, it's, it is a learning experience
0: for Absolutely. sure. Um, let's go yeah. back to your music. Do you have like a goal or a mission? Uh, Because I've seen your your website. I was reading through your bio, and I actually really loved what I saw. So, is there kind of like a main goal for, or, or something that people should or want you want them to hear when they hear your music and they connect to you as an artist?
1: Yeah. So, like, again, everything I've built and that I feel passionate about is on authenticity and my resilience and strength through every negative thing that I've been through. And I truly believe that I was put on this earth for, like, yes, as an artist and to do music, but for a greater purpose than that in being able to bring light into people's lives and spread love and positivity and making people feel good about themselves. So, yes, some of my songs might not be the most positive, right? Like, You know, we we all go through heartbreak and, you know, not negative emotions, but I always, always try to put a positive spin on something, What no matter what my song is or my story behind the song is, is I always like my big thing, and I have a lot that I've, I'm working on behind the scenes that I'm hoping to launch this year, um, is my, my philosophy I've talked about on my podcast as well, about finding a silver lining in a negative situation, and sometimes it's harder to do when you're in the heat of it, like a breakup or something really traumatic happening to oh, yeah. you, but in order to look back in hindsight and see you know what this happened for me for a greater purpose and brought me to this point and i, I see that now and i'm grateful for this negative experience. Mm. Like, you know, anything I feel I've gone through bad or good has always pushed me to greater places in my life where I can thrive and grow and improve on myself and, and become a better version of me. And that I was kind of the message that overall, like as an artist and a person and a brand that I want to always be preaching to whoever is listening to Mm me. And yeah, I put that into my music.
0: Can we like marry music wise? No. I just, like, <laughs> <laughs> sure let's do it. Can you be my like um music wife? I I love yes. everything you said. Like there is I'm a big believer that there is no way to know how resilient and strong we are as human beings until we have to be. Like right. you know, you know, hear of like these super mums that lift a car to get the the their baby out or something, you know, like we yes. don't know what we are capable of until we are not right. given a choice. We have to. Oh, yeah. We have to either you know live or die. That and we and we're literally given like that choice, and we surprise ourselves every single time. And I like yes. with resilience and being able to see the positive. In everything is a really, really bitter p- pill to swallow. I think for people who have in depression or have been through PTSD, like yeah, I, I um, like I'm a victim of, and I don't really like to say it like that, but I, I, I went through child sexual abuse for like eight years, right? Oh, so like no. that gives that's a really oh short gosh. way of describing my life. And I would say exactly what you said. I'm not sorry that it happened. I'm now grateful that I have had that experience, and I know how strong I am. And like, but then I've been through a court case. He got convicted, you know, of of guilty in trial. And like, I have a different story to a lot of people that haven't been heard and haven't had that same sort of experience. Right. But it wasn't until I got to trial where I realized that it was just the next thing that had to happen and that I am now the person I am because of what happened Doesn't mean I want people out there. I don't I never want anyone, any child to ever go through what I went through ever. Like that is my main goal in life, is like every child deserves to be loved and protected. But yeah, it's like if I can, if I can take that experience and put the silver lining on it, that I am now able to help and protect and be a voice for other people who who can't talk about it yet. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's just that small thing, it's like I wouldn't give that up. If I could, if I could go back to yeah. a I wouldn't now. But yeah. that, that's like that's yeah. 25 years after a lot of pain and suffering. And do you know what I mean? So, like, it is really hard to think, okay, everything happens for a reason. But it might take 20 years to be able to get to that point, to be able to say that. Um, yeah. I think that's... Yeah, like, especially something... Yeah,
1: Like Like self love
0: and self compassion that we talked about earlier, I think is a really important that that was probably the biggest changer for me is I had to start having compassion for myself.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's honestly, I mean, my heart breaks for anyone that's been through something like that. That's absolutely terrible and you know, I I think I commend you for being able to see that as something that's helped you become who you are mm-hmm. and looking at the positive despite such a traumatic situation to have gone through and and how brave you must have been and and were to go through like the, the court proceedings because I've heard of so many cases where people are too scared to speak up against their attacker. Mm-hmm. Or their their person that you know was there they were victim to and you know I I really that's something that I'm I like human trafficking mm-hmm. and child sex trafficking and that is something I'm very passionate about as well so that all like it breaks my heart but you know I think that the, exactly like you said you went through that so you could be an advocate for other children who might be victims yeah. or help them throughout their journey and that's so beautiful and I really commend you for that and for even being able to speak up about it yourself that's amazing I wasn't
0: able to initially but like it, it, we, we're all like we all go through things. I don't see myself as unique like I think I see myself as again like I said you don't do things until you feel like you don't have a choice and I have I have three yeah. children of my own and um I had an a, a rumor that the person that abused me had a working with children's card and so that was there's no choice you know that was the moment for me where it's like I yeah. don't have a choice. I couldn't live with myself. If I did right. say something and another child was being hurt, like that mother wolf inside of me came up and was like, nope, yeah. this is not going to continue, yeah. even if it kills me. Um, that's And so like I don't really, I wouldn't say that I was brave and trying to be an advocate at that point. It was like, I don't have a choice. I would rather die than mm-hmm. the idea of my silence and my fear yeah. stopping another child from being protected especially with the idea of having children. And so I wouldn't want anyone to feel bad if they've, um, you know, they've maybe experienced something similar to me and haven't been able to talk about it yet because until I was confronted with that scenario of feeling like I could do something to help another child, you know, I I wouldn't speak to anyone about it. Like it was just, you know, it's so hard. It's so hard. So, yeah, it's... Yeah, but it's important to talk about. It. I don't know how we got onto this topic now. So <laughs> let's, let's do to do. I think just like the, how every, everything happens for a reason. Every, right? yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. And like, and, and I think everyone has their own story and yeah, self love and compassion to have your own story and walk through it, you know, and, and like bullying and like that is so like, that's everyone's story, man. Like. I haven't met anyone, honestly, who hasn't been bullied in some way, whether it's in the home or workplace or school. Like we've all, or even just from advertising. Advertisers are the biggest bullies. I,
1: I agree with that for sure. Making us feel, especially like when it comes to body image and I find the entertainment industry, because that for mm. me was the one thing, like I'm not the skinniest girl. I've never been the skinniest girl. My heritage is very like Welsh, British and we're on the curvier side on my dad's side. Yeah. So, you know, like, and I'm not, I've never been tiny and I've always struggled with my weight and that's just genetically my dad's side where I got that from and you know that's that's genetically who I am and I can't really change that and unfortunately growing up as a young girl I used to feel like that wasn't that was a huge part of why I wasn't beautiful or wasn't good enough and that I would compare myself to these skinny beautiful women or girls in school that I went to school with or my cousin like I would always feel like they were prettier than me and I needed to look like them and that I couldn't pursue this career if I was that and then even being in it I'm constantly criticizing myself and it's taken me a long time even still to this day like to be kind to myself when I see myself not flattered like in in like they not the unflattering photos from you live on stage come out and you're like oh god did i really look like yeah. that or you know when you, the, the girl in you that cr- criticizes the mean girl inside yeah. us right and we're mean to ourselves and we're our own worst critic and so that's that's something that i really don't love about the industry and about this the power like the power of celebrity let's take match light it up show the world we won't give up It's a touching subject and it's like there's so much you can go into about that but I do believe like that is something that I personally feel that you know I want people to know like I I, I wish that there was somebody growing up that I could admire and look up to that that spoke out about that stuff and I know that we are definitely in a very different time and we are like I said that's why I feel like there's a lot shifting Mm. things are changing and I think that when we start to take our power back especially Mm. as women and the more we support other women especially in music and entertainment like you said, art is art and we are uniquely ourselves. You're not me. I'm not you. And even if we tried to be each other, it's not authentic. So as long as you're being yourself and staying true to you, of course you're going to stand out over somebody else because there is no one else like yeah. you. And so let your art speak for itself and just be yourself and everything should fall into place. And I truly preach that because I know I've done yeah. that like my lifetime. I've grew up, you know, younger. And I was like, I need to look like her. I should sound like that. I should be like this. Like, no, stop that yeah. noise. Let's just be ourselves and and be yeah, you. And Let
0: yourself grow and change. And you're like a... a- I see it as like a flower, you know, just growing, and yeah, we all go through that stage of wanting to be like someone else. It's very much a part of being a kid. I think I'm finding people to look up to and idolize and yes. and they, they will influence us, but there becomes a time as, as we grow older, like you said, we've got to kind of step into our own growth step and realize who we are. Yeah:
1: Yeah. I love that. It,
0: yeah. Have you done much co-writing? with your music. Um,
1: yeah, quite a bit of co-writing, actually. I, the, my new single that am, is in production right now that I'm super excited yeah. about, I just co-wrote with uh, my same co-writers, actually, for my current single, Burning Bridges, yeah. um, with Donnie Anderson and Murray Daigle, who's also my producer. He's super talented. And the two of them, just, they both really, like, we, the three of us make yeah. magic. Like, they, they understand me. They help bring my vision to life. And I, I, I know, like, a lot of people have said during all of this, like, going on in the world, that they they've done a lot of writing and co-writing but I I guess I, I have but I've been working more on personal growth because I go into my rights with intention mm-hmm. so every time I write a song or I do a co-write for a song I always have an intention behind it of exactly what I want it to be and how I want it to sound and and I that comes starts with me so I, that's like everything that I, I, re- I record recorded and whether I've written it myself or co-written it, because I have out a couple songs, like my single cry was written and pitched to me by um, a couple talented writers. And, you know, I just fell in love with the song and connected with it. But as in, in terms of writing, I always want. All my music overall to be authentic to myself and my messaging. Yeah. So I, I really do go in with a deep intention. And the new single is called Kryptonite, and I'm super excited about yeah. it. And we're hoping to get it out the end of March. But that song is our recent write that we did. And it's amazing when you connect with other writers because they can bring an element to something you want to say in a different way. I say it's stronger yeah. or better or finish a sentence for you like my my co-writer donnie does for me i'm like yes that's what i wanted yes uh, you said it better than i did or yes finish that word and like it just works and it flows so beautifully and that's why i say like we made yeah. magic because these two songs that's why i wanted to write this song with them again i, I knew exactly what i wanted to do i didn't know the title was going to be kryptonite but i thought that was kind of yeah. cool so I really yeah it, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's not about Superman, ironically, but, um, just how somebody that you're attracted to and that you are interested in, in like a dating world can be a kryptonite for you, even though they might not be the best person for you, or they may not have treated you right, but you having that, that kind of chemical attraction to uh, them or that you just melt and they're, you're, they're, your the weakness. bad boy so that's what the song yep. is about. Yep. Yeah. Not really bad boy, but you know, just that, that person, that guy or person, whoever like, yeah. you know, that, that just that is your kryptonite, you just can't help yourself. You just melt with them and you just can't help it. There there's something there that's drawing you to that.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'll look forward to hearing that. It's um
1: yeah awesome
0: concept but I think what you've just described probably just about everyone who is a dating human being has probably experienced. <laughs> it's like,
1: for sure. Well, that's exactly it. I was like, you know what? I went through this this past summer with dating somebody, and that was my experience is that no matter, like, even though he, he kept playing these games and you know, wanted me and then didn't want me, and yeah. it was like I felt like I was on a roller coaster of circles, but yet there was that attraction there that I just couldn't help myself. And he was my kryptonite, and I just allowed it to go on longer than I should yeah. have. And you know, those types of scenarios, and exactly, I feel like that's something relatable for people. So that's why I wanted to write the song, and I'm super excited about about. about it and it's so catchy and I
0: can't wait for everyone to hear it yeah oh that's awesome no I'm looking forward to it that's really cool and I love that you have um, found some co-writing magic partners because that is the ultimate goal I think and in a co-write I believe if you can get the perfect mix of strengths like you know we all have different Mm -hmm. strengths as writers um yeah what what would you say your strength is like melody hawk lyrics ideas what comes Um, to you first with a song
1: a lot of times it's starts with an idea or an emotion mm-hmm. or a story. And there's always, you, there's almost always a story for me. And like, literally, especially with this, right. I sat there for the first like 40 minutes with my co-writers. And I was like, I know you guys are guys, but like, <laughs> hear me out for a minute. I was like, this has been my story. And I'm going to tell you, And think they, they were so good though. Like they and they were and one, like my producer Murray, he's like, he's, he could be like my dad. And he's like, he, he comes in with the big dad, the dad. And then, and then, and Donnie's like my, my big brother or my, my best friend. And, you know, they've got different perspectives and they try to like protect you. Like girl, like what were you yeah. doing? Like, like, what and like and then eventually like then I tell them okay and then when I have like a story and an idea I'll sit there with the emotion and i like to get very centered and focused and then i like a lot of times the lyrics just flow out of me and I'm very poetic yeah. so a lot of times what i how I write is a little bit too poetic or too much and like they, they reel me back and go okay we can say that a little simpler yeah. and so that's kind of how things go but a lot of the the lyrics in this this song kryptonite I pulled together and they just kind of, I feel like they were like the divine energies speaking to me on what to say. And the imagery that I was getting was just perfection. And a lot of the words just, they did there. There's a lot of stuff that I wrote that kind of came in. So I'd say my strength is a lot of like the ideas and the stories and the lyrics, and then, you know, coming up with someone who can help you pull the set. Like I, I kind of, I can hear it in my head, but I can't quite describe or pull together. And like, that's why when you get a producer that understands you, they can like, like Murray just goes. I'm like, yeah, I want it to be this kind of tempo. I wanted this kind of, you know, vibe. This, this kind of instrumental. Like, and then he just, I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's great. And I know, I know when I hear
0: it, you know, yeah, what I mean? I know what you mean. And how frustrating is it when you can't yeah. communicate <laughs> what you want from your head? Right? It's so frustrating. But uh, yeah, like I yeah. Said, everything happens for a reason, I reckon. And I've, I've met, um, worked with some amazing producers, but I'm still always looking for. I think I feel like that one that's just slightly telepathically connected to my brain. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know. I think, I mean, that's, that's gonna, that's always tough. Mm-hmm. I've I've been very privileged to work with some really great producers that really bring my visions to life. And I think a lot of it too, is being very clear on what you want mm-hmm. and how you want the song to be. And even if you can't describe it, a good producer should be able to make pulled together and like make sense of what you're trying to get across I
0: still don't think anyone understands me I don't make any sense but
1: (laughs) I'll get there one day well here's here's (laughs) fingers crossed for you yeah you'll get there Yeah. You just got to, you got to, well, that's what you need to manifest for yourself next is a really cool producer that really understands you like that.
0: Yeah. I've been manifesting that for the last year. So, you know, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Well, if you want
1: recommendations, like I know that people can be working remotely now, so I can always refer you to some good ones here in Canada if you need.
0: I'd love that. That'd be amazing. Thank you for the offer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm always, always on the look for the right one. The one sounds like yes. a, for a husband i'm looking I at a producer husband <laughs> or wife <laughs> female, magical male. producer i'm not sexist on um who does my producing. <laughs> uh,
1: you know what that's a good point is like yeah there should be more female producers out there i think maybe
0: that might be the magic you're missing maybe, maybe i need a female producer i don't know I, yeah okay let's not go into the female dynamic thing again. <laughs> um <laughs> oh yeah what's the best advice that you've ever been given
1: Hmm, I've been given quite a bit of advice, but I definitely would have to say just being authentically yourself and staying true to you um, has definitely been something Mm -hmm. like my manager and friend, Maria Luisa. She has just been such an inspiration to me and she's given me such incredible advice Mm -hmm. over my career and like my years of knowing her. And, you know, that's, that's something that she's always just preached to me as being yourself and, you know, Yeah, I just think that that's probably the best thing anyone's ever told me.
0: It's something that um, I get a lot as artists and it's a bit of a buzzword as well, isn't it? Authentic. Yeah. Um, At the moment. But I'm curious, what does it mean to you to be authentic to you? What does that look like?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, as long as you're speaking from the heart and living authentically from the heart, um, I feel like that's when you're going to be your best version of yourself. And as long as you're, you know, following your personal morals and values and staying true to what is, resonates for you, um, I would say is, is the best way to live authentically. And that's kind of where I feel like authenticity comes from is from the heart and from Your soul, and yeah, I think that that's something that's super beautiful and can pull together. I think it's a tough; it's tough to define that without using the word.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, I I think it's hard, but I also think that it's something different to everyone. Like, um, I spoke to a sixteen-year-old artist the other day, and yeah, she said the same thing, and I'm like, "What does that mean to you?" And then (laughs) it 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 is something different. I think depending on what life stage you're in, yeah. And I'd say for me, it, it does come back to that self-compassion. I feel like that's going to be our theme for yes. this podcast. But self-love and self-compassion for the fact that being authentic to who you are today may be different to being authentic to who you are tomorrow. Yes. Because I definitely got caught up in the whole, um, you know, I'm all about health and fitness and this is the most important thing in the world. And then having to stick to that for the next however long because that's something that I, you know, I was stood up for and spoke for. And yet actually, you know, then as things develop and change and I grow as a human being and art and music becomes more important to me as a person, it's like it's quite humbling to go, actually, like my my priorities and values in life have changed. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know what? That's that's, that's huge. Okay. That's exactly like growth and your personal development, like you're saying, is like you as you're changing as a person, sometimes your values and beliefs will change as well. Or you're like through different experiences, mm-hmm. you will you'll kind of be pushed in a different direction. And then as but as that's where like as long as you're following your heart and what you believe in and what's true to you, it's like that's going to always resonate. So yes, that might change. Like you said, Mm. you might value put your values in a different place or or priorities in a different place, but as long as that's like what you really believe in and love and care about, then I think that's what will resonate for sure. I love that.
0: Yeah. At any given moment, (laughs) I think, um, Life's about experiences, and we can't grow unless we experience new things. So, I'm a big advocate for if you haven't done it or tried it, try it as long as it's healthy it's not going to harm your body in some 100%. <laughs>
1: um,
0: <laughs> go for it. I agree. Go jump off a plane or something. I don't know. Yeah,
1: as long as you're not hurting other <laughs> right. people or yeah. hurting yourself, go try anything and yeah, grow and experience life. I love that. Yes.
0: Yeah. That's the best way to experience life is to just experience it. Um, do you have any any advice for a songwriter who is just starting out someone maybe, or even like I sometimes think of it as talking to yourself back in time? What, what would you say to yourself before Ooh. you started doing? What you're I doing? love
1: that. I would definitely say, feel your emotions deeply. Very be very in tune with yourself and in tune with your emotions and your feelings. Try to not Mm -hmm. let them consume you, but be in touch with them so that you can be creative, Mm -hmm. but stay in a place of creativity versus letting the emotions take you into a negative spiral and over overcome you know, into to make it bigger than you. Um, and also just to be open mm. to experiencing things with other people, like when it comes to co-writing, um, I used to be very, yeah. not, like, not that I was against it, but I wasn't as open to it early on, especially in my childhood years. So um, that's something I would mm. tell my, my, past self or to anyone, no matter what age they're doing, because you can get into any field at any age. I don't, I don't believe you have to be a songwriter and start young. You can be 50 and decide you want to do this. I totally believe that and support that for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You you said that you're quite spiritual and, um, you know, you mentioned just now to feel deeply. Do you have any practices or rituals or little things that you do that help you connect into your emotions and, and, that feeling. Dimpling. Oh,
1: yes. That you would, yes. I'm yeah, a huge believer in meditation. Um, I love meditations. Yeah. I find so much enlightenment and growth in my meditations. And it's just very calming. And I find it helps you to center yourself and like I said, to be able to kind of contain those emotions um and still be in tune with them. And then I always when I'm like writing or getting creative lately, the new thing that I love to do is stage my my space or burn incense and be in a nice quiet mm-hmm. place and really try to tap into that and I find that just throughout my spiritual growth I've been able to connect with spirit or God or whatever you, whoever believes in, I feel like they, like you, that that we are a vessel is what I believe. And we're channeling those emotions and Mm -hmm. stories into our art. And I feel like I've been able to do that more clearly and effortlessly since the more, the more I feel like I've connected with spirit and my spirituality. Um, So that's been huge for me lately.
0: Uh Because it's so serious. If you could co-write with anyone in the world, living or dead, who would it be and why? I definitely, I don't know
1: other people's feelings, but I'm going to go with my authenticity is like, I love Taylor Swift as a songwriter, regardless of genre. And I think that she's incredible and I would definitely love to write with her. And I've actually lately had a couple dreams that that was happening. And one that I had was so real. And I remember run, it was like the weirdest dream. I like ran into her in a, in a mall or something. And I was like, hey, like, Amanda, <laughs> do you want to co-write with me? And she was like, yeah, let's do it. And we had lunch and it was like this whole thing. And I was like, okay, maybe this is something that I should manifest. I think that we would write some really great music.
0: Well, I'm, I know that Taylor Swift listens to this podcast. So Taylor brie would love to write with you. oh my you. god <laughs> <Clearly>. yes please <laughs> oh my god that's amazing uh, <laughs> no that's cool i i um, i love it when people um say people that are alive that you know that could actually happen so when it does happen you'll have to we'll have to do another bonus episode and you can tell us all about that experience and um I would love to hear about that.
1: Yes. We're manifesting it to happen right now. The intention is that I love it. (laughs) Love it. Yes. I will let you know. We will do a (laughs) follow-up.
0: No, I'm looking forward to it. We'll have to do like a Brie Taylor part. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, yeah, for sure. Taylor Swift version. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm getting excited. (laughs) Now that's awesome. I love it. And I, I I really do hope that you achieve all of your dreams and that you have the best success and, you know, We'll just tour together sometime. Yeah. Oh my but god, it's just. Different. I love it, and we can call it yeah the, the love and self love tour.
1: 100. <laughs> percent. I'm loving that idea, and like I'm just I what I want to do one day is be able to do a tour of like all female artists and just have amazing badass women that can you know do yeah. their music and preach and speak their minds and do that, do their thing. And I don't care even mm. what genre they are. Like, I want to just have amazing women around me that are talented and in that same space of loving themselves and having that good energy. So that's, that would be awesome. Mm. And I love making friends across the world. And, uh, I back brings me back actually my YouTube days. I, I had like a group YouTube channel and I had friends in like the Netherlands and the UK. I love it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of what's happening. I feel like now I'm growing this network of people that even though we haven't met, I feel like if I was to be in your area, I could like call you up and be like, hey, let's grab a coffee or go get a drink or something. Yes. Like, it's nice. Yes, one day we'll... Let's have a proper chat. We will definitely make that happen
1: <laughs> because I can't wait to start traveling again once all of this this nonsense in the world is behind us so we can uh, be normal again. <laughs>
0: yeah quickly let's talk about your single coming out in March is that the next one you've got coming out or is there more um, well that's my next your, new single
1: but I am releasing on January 29th um, the live acoustic recording of my song cry for the one year anniversary so it's a special edition release baby you can't hide what you feel for me cause your eyes don't very excited about that yeah it's been doing really well on Spotify for like an indie artist like at 71,000 streams so you know I didn't have a yeah 2020 was a rough year financially for me like when it came to marketing budgets for music especially when COVID hit like not being able to work in my restaurant job and all that so both that song and Burning Bridges have done relatively well considering what I wasn't able to do and what I was capable of doing for them has been successful and helpful and and, you know it's done some Thing and then it was better than releasing nothing and you know I'm really proud yeah. of that regardless of circumstances I'm just like you know I'm, I want to and, and honestly the messaging behind Cry Too" is perfect for this time of year because it is really much a song about it's okay to not be okay it's okay to break down and cry and be vulnerable sometimes especially for men so the message I wanted to kind mm-hmm. of bring that back and talk about it again and I love that I'm able to do that with like a live acoustic performance release so that's the new thing that's going to be out in the next few weeks. And then end of March, hopefully we will have kryptonite out.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And, um, I will be looking out for that. So I'll put the links to like all your Spotify and website and every social way that people can connect with you. Um, and it'll be on a blog on the website somewhere at a com, and it'll have links to all the podcasts and everything like that. Um, is there anything else you would like to share? No,
1: honestly, like I'm open book. So, I mean, you know, we've talked about so many amazing topics and things that we I'm sure could go on for hours and hours to into,
0: but yeah, I feel like, we could,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much everything. I mean, I like everyone, anyone wants to, that's listening, wants to ask me questions. I'm very open on social media. I love interacting with people. So reach out to me on Instagram mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm open
0: brilliant I love how open you are thank you so much for jumping on Songwriter Trists. and um, yeah can't wait to have our part two with uh, the Taylor Swift oh, yes can't wait I'm so
1: excited for that yes I'm like she's such an, an amazing woman and songwriter so that would be amazing and yeah we're gonna make it happen fingers crossed all all happens and thank you so much for chatting with me it's been so amazing to get to know you and and yourself as an artist and a podcaster and you know I appreciate you because I know personally how that how much time goes into doing these podcasts so <laughs> thank you, thank you.
0: Thanks for joining our songwriter Trist today. To join the family and keep up to date with future podcasts, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Please leave a review and subscribe. To support the podcast or contact me or our guest, please go to the website songwriterTrists.com. crowd no one can. Wish I could scream or shout